Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another week and the new league year is here as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy and as always I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 168. At the top of this week's show we've got Chalk Talk where I chat with former NFL quarterback and current ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky about the explosive start to free agency with the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously we've got the return of Deshaun Jackson, how he will impact Carson Wentz and the rest of this Eagles offense but what about Malik Jackson? He's going to be a force up front next to Fletcher Cox. We will explain why later in that segment. And of course, we've got to hit along the big shakeup in the NFC East. Odell Beckham Jr. being traded to the Cleveland Browns. But before we get into that, let's not waste any more time. I caught up with Dan Orlovsky to discuss Deshaun Jackson, what he means to this Eagles offense, along with the rest of the top free agency news. Let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, it's been about a year since we've had the pleasure of having him on the show, and I, I want to welcome in Dan Orlovsky, who you could follow on Twitter, at Dan Orlovsky 7 Dan came on the show last year to talk about quarterbacks. We had a blast talking about just the intricacies of the position, what works, how you project from college to the NFL. Since that point, Dan has absolutely gone big time. He's way, way, way bigger uh, than he was even a, a year ago at this point. You can fi- find Dan not just doing awesome breakdowns on his Twitter page, but he's always providing great information over on ESPN, whether it's on Get Up with Mike Greenberg, NFL Live. He does so much over at the Worldwide Leader. So, Dan, welcome back to the show, man. It's great to have you back. Your, uh, your kind words, and I'm excited to talk some ball again. All right, well, let's get into it now. I mean, obviously the big news, the, the new league year is upon us. So the Eagles announced that Deshaun Jackson, the trade is official. They acquire him from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He comes back to Philly uh, where he started his career. What's your initial th- thought process when you heard the news that Deshaun was coming back to Philly? I was fired up. I mean, obviously I live in the area, and and, and I'm, I'm excited for the, the Eagles and and for them to be playing good. Uh, but just understanding how much of an impact he can have for their offense and for Carson and, and seeing that, you know, when you look at Deshaun and, and the electricity that he brings to an offense, is, everybody knows that because of the dynamic speed that he has. But I just look at it as, um, as a fundamental thing and going, okay, what does Deshaun Jackson like do best? Like where, where, where is he at his best? And it's, let me go downfield and go catch some deep balls, whether they're deep posts or deep go routes, and then let me stop and you know run something like an out route or a curl route. And I just I look at those traits that he has or those things that he does best, and then I look at kind of what Carson does best. I'm of the belief that Carson's a fantastic deep ball thrower and an aggressive quarterback. And going, yeah, there you go. Like you you get this. A young quarterback who's still young, but obviously had some a ton of success. But a young quarterback, a guy that can go downfield and really utilize some of the things that he has as a strength, and I get excited just to see it play out on the field. 
All right, so let's parse that out because obviously a lot of great information there. Let's first start with Deshaun Jackson and just what we've seen. Obviously, Eagles fans are very familiar with what he can do. They saw him for the first handful of years here in Philadelphia. Obviously, elite speed. He still has that. And then his ability to track the deep ball, I always thought, was one of the best in the league, one of the best that I've ever seen at the wide receiver position. Does he still have those qualities in your mind? And what are the other traits that he brings to the table that you know maybe fans don't necessarily think about? Well, he's not the player he was five or six years ago. No, no, nobody in the NFL is. But there, there's a – and you know this, and there's a saying in football, you can't coach speed. And so he still has that electric speed. And so when you're talking about – and that's not just necessarily, friend, like something that is what, what people can tangibly see that, that it happens on the field. It brings energy to everybody. It brings a confidence to everybody that when Doug Peterson is standing up there installing a play and going, hey, Deshaun, if we're gonna, you're going to be on this, this, this go route, but if, if you get a middle field open safety, if you get two safeties, let's convert it to a post. And listen, if you get one-on-one, we're taking our shot. When a coach says that to your offense, to your quarterback, it gives them energy. It gives you confidence that goes, man, we, we can do whatever we want against this defense. And then, hey, Deshaun, listen, if you get this middle field open, these two high safeties, we're going to convert this to a post. And, you know, someone like an Aguilar or Zach, that's going to open you up to run your deep corner out. And, again, that brings that energy to everybody going, all right, well, defense, how are you going to stop us then? And so it's not necessarily something that has to be shown every single play on the field. And that, that was really lacking last year is that, that guy that scared defenses, that truly scared defensive coordinators and DBs. And so that is, uh, it is going to be something not only going to show with his play, but also affect everybody else's and freeing some stuff up. And then there's, the, there's just an easy answer of, making sure that he gets the ball in his hands. You know, like, you can utilize some of those screens, quick wide receiver screens, some of the jet sweeps that we see more prevalent in the NFL now, making sure that a guy that, that is that electric gets the ball in his hands all the time. You know, uh, Dan, a few weeks ago, Greg Cosell and I were talking on this podcast, and we were just talking about you know the, the future of the Eagles' offense. And obviously, last year they were one of the biggest twelve personnel teams in the league. You know, you've got Dallas Goddard, who is just outstanding, and we're really, really excited about his future. And obviously, Zach Ertz, who you know was a Pro Bowl player at the tight end position, you know, set records this year with what he did from a production standpoint. So you've got those two guys. You know, you want those guys on the field more often than not. So how do you build around twelve personnel? And that was the thing that I brought up to Greg was you need to add some speed and what that speed can do for you from a matchup standpoint and I'm just thinking okay how the Eagles are going to line up this year let's say it's those two tight end sets you know a majority of the time with Goddard and Ertz Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson it it makes things very difficult especially when you try to spread people out and then also when you try and run the ball you've always got that threat that speed on the outside with D-Jacks exactly and in the NFL Football in general, but we're starting to see it even more and more so in the NFL, is about matchups. And that's why that team was so good in 2017. The Super Bowl run team was so good was because they were they were up and down the field. It was matchup nightmares for everybody. And now you're re and that you still had that some last year, but it was missing. It was it was that when defensive coordinators sit down on a Monday and they've got to play the Eagles, it was that all right, well, we, we, who, who do we have to stop? All right, and, and how are we going to limit the big play? Now you've brought Deshaun Jackson. 
Monday, coordinators, one of the early questions they've got to go is, all right, uh, well, we got to stop the big play for De- by Deshaun Jackson. How are we going to do that? Well, do we match up? All right, uh, if we play a little bit more coverage, if we commit to playing coverage to make sure that big, big play does not happen, then we become a little bit more vulnerable in the run game. And then, man, if they play with two tight ends with Goddard and Ertz, and we want to play with a little bit you know, lighter, a nickel, like we're exposing ourselves in the run game. That's why the, the Eagles are in such a healthy place now with this addition is because not only are they a schematic problem because you have to determine how you're going to stop those big plays, but they're also a personnel problem. Like how do you, do you put four DBs on the field to make sure that you can cover everybody? Well, then – as we've seen, the Eagles aren't, aren't going to be afraid to run the football you in those situations. And that's what really piques my interest just because, I mean, we're, we're now we're right on the front of this new league year. There's still so much offseason left, whether it's through the draft or whether it's through free agency. You know, you get an addition of a running back that can impact the passing game, whether it's your lead back or whether it's a complimentary piece. You know, if it is, you know, a guy like Darren Sproles, you know, what he's been over the last few years. However, whoever that piece is, you line up in 12 with a running back that now can line up in the slot, can be moved out wide, can do different things. And it's just like you said, it gets to that personnel matchup standpoint where people have to figure out how to line up. Like if you're, if you're going to be in dime or if you're going to be in nickel, okay, like that's fine. Now we're going to go with a heavy formation and we're going to run it at you and make, make sure you can defend the run. Or if we're going to spread you out, you've got to figure out how to cover in space. It, it's going to be really fun to see how Deshaun Jackson's able to impact the rest of this scheme. Uh, Dan, let, let's flip it to the other side now. Uh, the Eagles announced early Tuesday the signing of Malik Jackson, who was cut in Jacksonville. Uh, as, a, as a quarterback, you look at a guy like Malik Jackson, who's been one of the better interior pass rushers at defensive tackle over the last few years. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on that signing and how he'll impact this Eagles defensive line? I think it's huge. Uh, when, when you look at, and it's almost flip side thinking, you know, the offensive, I always, everyone uses the word matchups. How are you going to match up? How are, you, how are you going to cover four or five, six guys? Well, now you're looking at a defensive line that you've got one of the best. And, if, you know, he's certainly in the conversation for, you know, top two defensive tackles in football in Fletcher Cox. And then you're going to get Barnett coming back from injury. And you're going to get Brandon Graham re-signed. And now, okay, is there a fourth guy that is out there that can really limit teams being able to double-team somebody. All right, Malik Jackson. So now, as an offense, you're looking at, let's look in the run game. You only got five offensive linemen, so who's going to get double-teamed? At some point, somebody's going to get singled up in the run game. If you decide to double-team two guys, there's no no one left to block for linebackers, and so you're going to allow those linebackers to be running free. So it's not only the Malik Jackson addition, it's now – that defensive line has become complete. And when you're talking about rushing the passer, well, it's, it's a pick-your-poison thing in a way because, again, what defensive lineman do you decide to double-team? And if you don't, the Eagles now have the at least the on-paper talent to rush four people, play lots of coverage, which is something Schwartz really started to like over the past couple years, and you can – for the most part, rely on that front four to be pretty impactful rushing the quarterback, which again, which is what they were two years ago. And so uh, it's a big, it, it checks off certainly something that was a need for them, but to check it off with a player as good as Malik Jackson, you, you again created a lot of matchup issues for coordinators. 
Let me ask you this question from the quarterback's perspective. And I asked this question to Mike Mayock out in the combine in Indianapolis. You, know, you look at defensive lines and with pressure in the league right now, how do you value, and this is just for you personally looking at it, how do you value rush up the middle with defensive linemen, or you know, whether it's linebackers, just that immediate pr- pressure right in your face as opposed to pressure off the edge? What is, what is harder to deal with uh, from a quarterback standpoint? Uh, by far, pressure up the middle. One, it, it's, a, it's a, almost a common sense thing. They're closest to us. And so the, the immediate threat of me having to get the ball out of my hands is felt quicker. Uh, two things that are, are kind of for everyone to understand it. So the reality is quarterbacks don't like to run around. The majority of us don't like to move around and run from people that are trying to drag us to the ground or knock us to the ground and have to throw accurately. No one. We love to play in a controlled environment, in a clean pocket, get through our progressions, get the ball out of our hands, and move on to the next play. So when I get pressure off the edge, when a quarterback gets pressure off the edge, it's outside those tackles, I always have the thought process or the comfort that, okay, I can get up inside of that. There's, my tackle, for the most part, can make sure that he stays between me and that rusher, and I can get up in my pocket and make sure the ball just gets out of my hands and there's no issues. When it comes from the middle, we, we have to move. It's not like we can move forward or move backwards. When it comes initially up front in between those guards, i got to get out, and now I'm out of my comfort zone. Now I'm in a place where I don't want to be as a quarterback. I'm throwing from a platform that I'm not used to throwing from, and the timing of everything is thrown off. So we're just it takes you out of your comfort level. And so the, 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 the initial impact that comes from the inside is a much bigger deal other than, hey, you got closest. It, it takes us completely to a place where we don't want to go. Yeah, it's something that I think is has been so strong for this Eagles defense. Obviously, the the presence of Fletcher Cox, but you know, last year Michael Bennett was able to provide some of that juice inside. Uh, Tim Jernigan was able to do that the year before. So just continuing to have somebody else next to Fletcher Cox that not only could take some of those double teams away, but also show the ability if Fletcher is doubled that I can win my one on one and provide some of that instant pressure right in the face of the quarterback. I agree. It's it's certainly something that brings a lot of value to this Eagles defense. Now, let's get to some of the big news. Late uh, Wednesday night, we got news, or late Tuesday night, rather, we got news that the New York Giants traded Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns. I, I got to get your thoughts. Obviously, it's, one of the, it's a team the Eagles play twice a year. Big shakeup in the NFC East. What, what are your initial thoughts to Odell being traded to Cleveland? Uh, well, on the Cleveland side, I, you know, it, it's almost like Drew Carey going Cleveland Rocks. Like, it's it's so impressive for a general manager to have the pulse of his team, but also really the pulse of uh, his division in, in the NFL. Like, Baltimore has been fleeced on defense, and they're rebuilding on offense. Cincinnati's starting over. Uh, Pittsburgh lost their two best players, or two of their best players. So that division is very vulnerable right now. And so a general manager's going, man, my division looks like it's there for the taking for somebody. I've got a young team that I really like. Can we, can we get better? Like, can we really become a problem? And I just love a general manager going, our time is now. Like, our time with this young quarterback is now. Uh, for the Giants, I, along with everybody else, am, am blown away by the lack of management. It's the right decision. I, as great of a player as Odell is, 
they're in rebuild mode. So it is the right decision. It's just done such with proper uh, improper timing, with poor timing. This is why I had pounded the pavement last year. Giants need to take a quarterback. Why? Because you have to take advantage of your young talent and a cheap, young, talented quarterback. You don't take a running back because he doesn't change your organization, as great as Saquon Barkley is. And so the Giants needed to take their young quarterback last year around a running back. And, again, running backs are nice. They're great, all of that. They don't change franchises. The reality is the Giants need to change in their franchise. Yeah, I mean, you could just look look across town at the New York Jets. They, they take Sam Darnold number three last year, uh, and now they can go and they can go spend on pieces around him. They go and get Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, last night as well. So, uh, Dan, appreciate the time, man. It's been a blast. Always good to catch up with you uh, and talk some ball. We will talk to you again soon. I appreciate you, bud. Great stuff from Dan, and you can follow him just like I do on Twitter, at Dan Orlovsky7. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I really appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen, and give us a rating and even leave us a comment. I want to give a shout-out to two people this week who went onto our Apple Podcast page first is BJ Pascal, who left a five-star review and a comment saying five stars. Thank you, BJ, for your support, and thank you for the review. Next up, a comment from Black Island 24 who left a review and asked this question. Watched a few Eagles games this year and thought Josh Adams was a decent running back. So why are all the Eagles fans wanting to draft a running back? Also, outside of quarterback, what is the hardest position to scout? So first part, we'll talk about Josh Adams. Yeah, he did. He had a solid season, especially you know considering undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. Uh, you know, was cut, didn't make the final the final fifty three coming out of training camp. Was added to the practice squad, worked his way up to the active roster, then worked his way into the rotation. Even I believe got a, a starter to mid year. I think when you're looking at Josh Adams, you want to see him continue to get bigger and bigger and stronger. Didn't have great success in those short yardage situations, which is what you would want for a guy that size. Uh, needs to get a little bit better on third down. Showed some flashes, but still needs to get better overall. I think when you're looking at Adams, I think you, you're hoping that he can be a piece in your backfield. You're hoping that he can be a solid rotational player. But I don't know that you're going to say, yeah, he's definitely going to be our long-term bell cow. We, we, I don't know if you necessarily want to go into the season next year saying that he is definitely our guy. You hope that he can become that in the future. But you know, this is a team that's close to winning. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl two years ago. They don't want to go into a season with questions like that. So to me, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, to whether it's in free agency, whether it's in the draft, continue to add talent to that running back room. Jay Ajayi is a free agent now. Uh, Darren Sproles is a free agent now. So you want to be able to continue to add talent to that room. I think that makes a lot of sense. So uh, the second part of your question, Black Island, what's the hardest position to scout outside of quarterback? Universally, you ask anybody, most people will say it's safety. And some people will say offensive line now as well, especially with uh, how hard that transition has been for a lot of players. But I, I think you look at safety and especially with the way that the game is played at the college level right now, there might be some games where, you know, there might be 90 plays in a game. There might be four or five plays that are, you know, almost projectable to the NFL and with what a guy's going to be asked to do. And now the other part of it that makes it very, very interesting is 
with sub packages being so prevalent in the NFL now, and it's not just, oh, yeah, it's nickel, you plug your slot corner in and you're good. Now with so many big nickel packages, right, where it's three safeties and two corners with so much dime being played around the league, safeties are being used in a wide variety of ways. So I, I would say that I wonder how many people would still say that safety is very difficult because now, you know, there are guys that get drafted or that were – primarily slot corners for their player. I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson this year for Florida, primarily a slot corner for the Gators. You look back last year, Justin Reed for the University of, for Stanford. I mean, he was uh, he was a slot corner for the Cardinal a year ago. Uh, obviously per- made that transition now to the Houston Texans. They feel like they can move on from Tyron Matthew because they've got Justin Reed there a year into his NFL career. So I think when you're looking at it, safety position overall with what they're being asked to do is definitely probably the more difficult position to, to uh, evaluate outside of quarterback, but uh, you could throw a number of different positions in there. Offensive line is very difficult. Uh, Running back can be tough at times. Uh, Linebacker for a lot of different reasons as well. So uh, quarterback is certainly a very, very difficult one. That would probably be number one on the list. So thanks, Black Island 24, for the question. Appreciate you listening each week, and thank you to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, great stuff this week from Dan Orlovsky and all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and of course on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And again, one more time, take a few seconds, go rate the show, leave us a comment, and don't be afraid to leave a question on there too, because I would love the ability to answer it here on the show. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.